Not a lot. I've done done lots of work because we got a big project going on right now. So big old tournament. Just a regular tournament, yeah. Um, so so I, I'm doing regular hours myself, but then I also have to render all this stuff, which takes ages. So. Ah. And I don't charge for rendering, which I really should. Do you do. see? Do you not? Uh, you should. You should absolutely because you're. That yeah, means you're out of action for. Then I'd be out of a job real fast. <laughs> yeah, but also you can't do anything whilst it's rendering, right? Yeah, well, I got like several computers. It's fine. <laughs> I just, just move on to the next one. Yeah. See, I only have the one. So, but I'm a nice guy in that. Well, I say nice. I'm maybe a bit stupid in that I don't charge for when I'm exporting these videos. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people usually do, and we're just sitting here being dunces. <laughs> We could be making even more than the Double minimum the wage that we currently earn. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's, we're comfortable, I think. Yeah. I earned more than minimum wage. Oh, good. I'm happy. Oh, great. I'm not going to say how much more, whether it's because it's a lot or a little. You'll never know. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not enough to uh, buy his new keyboard. To be able to, to quit your job and, and make Seesaw Parade your full-time gig. No, not yet. Not until the revenue starts ticking up, you know, like from zero. Well, we we did sell some merch like one time, but I'm pretty sure I like sold it to myself. So we, we made money, but not really. <laughs> Talking of which, we'll do that for real one day, right? Yeah, exactly. But we do actually have merch. Like it's still there. I'm sure the link still works somewhere in the depths of our Twitter. Somewhere, just go find it. Google it. In fact, I tweeted a picture of it last week because I just so happened to be wearing uh, wearing the Seesaw Parade t-shirt whilst drinking out the Seesaw yeah. Parade mug. Yeah, I'll make more merch. Let's make more merch. Okay. And then I'll buy it this time. <laughs> but what else would you actually use? Like the t-shirt, is, is it's a good gym t-shirt, for example. Mouse mat. Mouse mat, absolutely. A pin. Make, make a pin. People, pins are in these days. People like pins. Let's make a pin. Make a Seesaw Parade tattoo. Yeah, let's sell people's Seesaw Parade tattoos. <laughs> Or maybe like at least those transferable ones, the ones a that transfer you transfer to. I wonder if you can do custom ones. Oh, I'm sure you can. Yeah, ones that are you know you just make it a wee bit wet and then it sticks to you. And yeah, transfer to you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, or a henna one. We were which... all kids once. Yeah, or a, a henna tattoo. Yes, stays on yes, for like a while, about. and then if you decide you don't like it, it's just going to fade away after a few weeks. What we'll do is we'll send everyone a drawing of a logo and a sharpie. <laughs> and then that'll be it. They just have to do the rest themselves. I did this really. In hindsight, really annoying thing. I was uh, I was in Dallas earlier this year seeing one of my favorite bands, and whilst I was there, and I was like, I met the singer at the end and said, "Hey, look, I I came from Scotland to the show. Would you would you mind signing my T-shirt, which is off your band?" And now right. I can't really wear the T-shirt anymore because it's just got like a big scrawled faded Sharpie signature on it. You just got to wear it, Colin. You got to commit. But then it was, everyone's like. Why are you wearing a T-shirt which has somebody's signature on it? And you're like, because I got them to sign it, and I but, like it. It's it, it's lost as well, it's one of the things you love. That's that lesson one in life lessons of episode one six whatever. You just got to own it when you love it. Oh, you just, just got to own your mistakes. Well, it's not even a mistake. You got someone cool to sign a cool t- a shirt. You wear that shirt with the cool guy's cool signature. I would I cool. would argue there is maybe two people in the world who would recognize. Well, sorry, I'll rephrase that. Two people of my friends who would recognize the number one, the T-shirt. You know, that would have been a very personal gig. <laughs> no, and nobody would recognize the signature other than the guy who did it. So that's fine then. You just, you can give people a story and be like, yeah, I got this shirt signed in Dallas. Was it Dallas? It was Dallas. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. listening. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so a Seesaw Parade tattoo, or maybe a Seesaw Parade signature that we can sign 
people's people's existing t-shirts. Yeah. I'm going to start carrying a Sharpie around with me. So if you ever want yourselves a very temporary cease operate anything, you just let me know. Oh man. That's every listener out there including Colin's mother. <laughs> she's never listened to the show. She hasn't. We're lucky she hasn't. Can guarantee she's never listened to it. There's positives and negatives to that. It means we can t- joke about tattoos and not get not get emails about it saying, "Don't you do that?" <laughs> <laughs> So episode 166 of Scotland's least dull podcast with the longest running season one of any Scottish audio podcast in history. There we go. I totally did that one take. Yeah, there we, that was something. That was an intro. <laughs> it was. Uh, James, say hi. 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 <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for everyone who's got in touch. Uh, even I am counting people who've liked our, our tweets or retweets. Not again. So, we're not reached those lows again. Well, I'm just saying, clearly they've realised that we're, we're broadcasting. They're just not cool enough to say anything they, they liked the tweet that's i'll give them credit for that yeah including t- temporary credit <laughs> including the uh the, the the twitter profile called mick bot ah. which in its which in its profile basically says that it will rt or retweet anyone who has the hashtag indie ref 2 so of course our episode last week got four retweets because of every time i included the indie 2 indie ref 2 hashtag I got a retweet from McBot. Thank you, McBot. So thank you, McBot. You're it's... the best. You're the best piece of code out there. <laughs> uh, David Woods, Oliver Wright, uh, Neil, Izzy, Graham. Thank you all very much for liking. I know. I know you're there. I know you're listening. Sometimes, maybe all the time. <laughs> Wait, all the time? Maybe too much. <laughs> but uh, we appreciate you very much. So thank you uh, for that. And if you do want to get in touch, James, how do they do it? Oh, email us. That's the only way now. Because that's the only way I ever get to read it. Caesarparade uh, <laughs> at gmail.com. And if there is anything you have been watching, be that TV, film, book, even a letter. Did you read a good letter recently? <laughs> send us a review. Or if it. you've written any of the above. You know what? If you've written a TV series, let us know about it. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, let's crack on, James. We've got, a, we've got a interesting show lined up. We're going to start with... Sonic the Hedgehog of all places because yes yes this just is biggest movie of the year an absolute head scratcher right so if you are new to this Sonic the Hedgehog has a movie coming out starring Jim Carrey and James Marsden yeah I think they started production in 2001 and also finished production in 2001 but just (laughs) forgot to release it until now the first trailer came out this week the section I'm about to play is Jim Carrey's uh, Dr. Robotnik is that, is that his name? Or like, yeah, 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 isn't it? Mr. Eggman. That's it, Mr. Eggman. Uh, Same guy. Introducing himself in the trailer. Here we go. Are you in charge here? Yes, I am. No! Nope. I'm wrong. Wait. I'm in charge. Allow me to clarify. In a sequentially ranked hierarchy based on level of critical importance, the disparity between us is too vast to quantify. Agent Stone? The doctor thinks you're basic. Listen, pal, I don't know if you realize I'm who- sorry, Major. What was your name? Benny. Nobody cares. Okay, James, we'll get to Jim Carrey in a minute. Let's just talk about the backlash and your feelings about this trailer because my goodness, this looks absolutely awful. I reckon everybody who complained about the Pokemon in Detective Pikachu being too fluffy and too realistic will take back their comments now that they've seen <laughs> the ultimate creepy thing in the like that has ever existed, which is like this child blue 
spiky thing. It's this got is... weird teeth. It's got weird <laughs> eyes. It's got weird hands. Muscular it's, legs. It's got weird everything. It, 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 honestly, the only resemblance to Sonic Classic is it's blue. It's blue. Right? They, got the, they got the blue right. Yeah, they got the right color. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they also have the right color of shoes. But Everything. they don't have the right size of shoes. <laughs> they don't have the right anything. It's awful. Everything about this trailer is horrendous. <laughs> Never mind just the design. <laughs> it's, exactly. That's just one of many problems in the in the trailer. It's not even the film. So like it hits every cliche of early 2000s films. Including the, the fact that the soundtrack for this particular trailer is Gangsta's Paradise. I mean, who, I don't get. Who chose that and why? <laughs> I don't. I think maybe it's really clever marketing where they've realized they've got a really bad film. So they make a really bad trailer for it. And then there's a whole bunch of outcry, but also a whole bunch of people that now know the film exists. Very true. And then they can justify remaking the whole thing. Okay, right. Well, let me just say at this point, there's been a huge backlash, as I, I touched on, uh, a huge amount of criticism to mainly the design of Sonic, the titular character. But of course, my my criticism would extend to the dialogue is horrendous. Yeah. The I'm gonna the air, plot using, is horrendous. Using my air quotes here, the jokes are just so bad. Yeah. And uh, like Star Wars bad. And Jim Carrey is chewing so much scenery in this trailer alone. Then I mean, goodness <laughs> sake, I can't even imagine what he's going to be like in the film. He'll be unbearable. He's trying to he's trying to bring back classic Jim Carrey, but now he's old and sad, so it just doesn't really work. Well, well, yeah, exactly. He, Jim Carrey has obviously gone through a lot in the last twenty years. Yeah, and some of it's like his own fault, and he's a terrible person some of the time. <laughs> Aren't we all, James? Well, Aren't we all? You're not. You're not. You're a good guy. Nah, I'm awful. <laughs> okay, but anyway, Jim Carrey, he can no longer play your play this kind of role. You're right. He's must be what mid fifties at this point, early fifties. You know what though? If he was Mister Robotnik, Doctor Eggman, Doctor Eggbutnik, and instead <laughs> of um, like doing a robot impression, he bent over backwards and spoke to the audience using his butt cheeks, <laughs> a la classic Jim Carrey. I would have loved it. <laughs> he needs to tone it up even more. He's not hitting the high energy that we need. If you'd if you'd ask me to do an impression of what Jim Carrey's performance in this film would be. It's almost identical to what the trailer has come out with. It's just head scratchingly bizarre and totally expected at the same time. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the, the design. So after all the criticism, the director, Jeff Fowler, has come out on Twitter and said, Hey, hey, guys, thanks for all the feedback. Uh, I've seen your criticism and I promise we will redesign Sonic. Yeah. Now, let's just let's just talk about that. This is a film which has been in production for forever. And changing how an animated character looks and moves and all that jazz is going to take more than the, what, three months before this film comes out? Well, what I'm hoping is that they've actually just got like a 3D model that they're using and they can just update the model and it won't, they won't have to update all the scenes. Can they do like a fight? So which is possible. Like find and replace, like you have a Microsoft Word. Well, no. So if you want to do character animation, sometimes you just do every frame by hand. Sometimes you do some like tracing retracing right sometimes you do green screens and motion capture and like that you, we all know green screen motion capture they put the funny dots on people and then they make a computer fill in the blanks to put the real character there so if you wanted to update the entire look of let's say the the squid boy from pirates of the caribbean you can do that by just changing the base model right okay you don't have to change him a billion times so they hopefully if they're smart they can just update a model 
in their in their system and it'll be fine. Do you expect they will, or do you expect they're just like, it's fine, this film's a turkey, we're just going to leave it as is? No, they'll change it. They'll change it. It'll be easy, easy internet points for them, right? They'll get they'll get loads of people into the into the doors if they just change the model, make a big deal about it. They give them as like single eye with two pupils. <laughs> they give them a bigger head and bigger shoes. You know, all the all the things that people want in their Sonic and a less creepy mouth. Just get rid of the mouth entirely. Go Deadpool. Go Deadpool from the X Men Three. No mouth. <laughs> It'll be less creepy. But also, who are all these? Sonic fans or Sonic super fans who, you know, I, I remember when I played the game, you, you get bored after 10 minutes. You're like, all right, let's play something else. Sonic has had fans forever. And the fans of Sonic are actually quite used to getting disappointed because most Sonic games that have come out for years and years have been terrible. Well, surely it just gets really repetitive. All you're doing is collecting coins or rings. Run fast and collect coins. But it's all about like... What's a good ring? The, it's it's, oh dear. it's uh, high energy and the music's great and the level design's cool and sometimes they still make good games and people love them so there is this fan base right uh, you also definitely don't want to google sonic especially not on images and not with the filters off because the fan base is quite unusual oh as well oh boy i bet yeah um so like sonic has got this culture behind it that this <laughs> that the film is trying to cash in on and they're realizing that if they don't please those people if, if those people aren't going to see it then no one's going to see it i think the main the main difference though and i i do believe this is true i believe the studio will know whether or not the film's going to be good or not and you're right they may well have just put this out knowing it's bad knowing it's going to get notoriety but knowing that they'll make money because people are going to go see it anyway yeah and there's also like the, the crowd of people who go to see things that are bad purely so they can laugh at it which is basically me review it and make fun of it on the internet for like fake points <laughs> I don't really go that far, but I, I do... Like us on Twitter. Well, yeah, exactly. Or, or, for example, you review it in a podcast, and maybe, if you're lucky, 50 people will listen to it. Yeah. Okay. I will leave that as is. I'm sure we will see a redesigned Sonic in the near future. James, let's talk about uh, a story in Glasgow next. <gasps> We're going local. We are going local. And this is the die-in protest at the Kelvin Grove uh, Museum and Art Gallery in Glasgow last week. So this was Extinction Rebellion Scotland, because it turns out yeah. they do have a branch north of the border. Which is called, what, like, We Rebellion? Oh, I've no idea. Probably. Or, like, Aye. Haggis Rebellion. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, they said 300 people took part in the protest uh, last weekend. They lay on the ground in the main hall next to the skeleton copy of a Diplodocus, Diplodocus, Di- how'd you say it? D- it's Diplodocus, right, Diplodocus, okay. Diplodocus, whatever. whatever. So We're Scottish, we don't know. It's named, it's named, uh, nicknamed Dippy, and uh, they all lay on the floor for, for 20 minutes. Yeah. And many, many held, pretending to be dead. Yeah. And many held signs asking, are we next? Are we, ne- are we the next extinction? Uh, James, what do, what do you make of we this? We're currently in the, in the middle of this world, of the world's sixth mass extinction. Okay. Like, their points are valid, right? We are currently in a mass extinction, and it's primarily our fault. So, you know, yeah, we're next. We, there is an extinction. The government knows, they just don't care. I, I don't think a museum's quite the right place to be protesting. You know, museums are pretty cool. Dinosaurs are pretty cool. Yeah, what about all the people who want to this see it? This protest was designed to get on the headlines, I reckon, which is great. But, you know, just instead do what they did in Edinburgh and block a road, right? Block a road and you actually <laughs> actually make some waves. But again, it's I know we talked about this last week. Is really blocking roads, is that how you get people to change climate change? Really? That is not how you get, like, popularity in the masses. You're never going to, like, make the person who's drive home from work or to work you've blocked happy. They're never going to like you ever again. Yeah. 
but the government's going to hate you. But more importantly, they might understand that the only way to stop you doing what you're doing is to start taking interest in the issues that you're highlighting. But see, I don't know. I don't know if that is necessarily true because even though the government, okay, I'm sure they hate you absolutely, particularly for what's been happening in London, absolutely. Yeah, and look what's but happened. Just because like, Scotland already declared a climate emergency, and I, the UK has too, and it's just suspiciously at yeah, the but, same but time so as there's like mass civil disobedience. But, but so what? It's it's virtue signaling. It's saying, hey, yes, we recognise it's an emergency. What we're going to do about it? Yeah, I don't know. So- so, th- so you don't stop until it becomes more than virtue signaling, until it's just like virtue. <laughs> well, okay, that that's maybe true, but let, let me give you two examples. Okay, stopping, like lying down closely beside a bunch of other people comfortably in a museum for 20 minutes so that you block like two primary schools visiting for their day out <laughs> isn't really effective. Maybe it was effective. It got in the headlines. That's a good thing. But, you know, lie down somewhere else that inconveniences people who have power. Well, exactly. That's that's exactly my point. Is I If I was at Kelvin Grove that day, I'd be like, get out of the way, I want to see this dinosaur. I don't care. Yeah, it's, not like, it's, it's not like any MP was going to go see a dinosaur and are actually going like, to be like, oh wait, this is inconveniencing me, I'm going to make a change. And, ag- nah. and again, the MSPs and MPs are well aware of climate change issues and global warming. I, I'm sure, I'm certain of that. Yeah, and they don't care. But yeah, well exactly. No MSP is going to see this protest underneath a dinosaur in Kelvin Grove on a Saturday and say, you know what? Yes, th- th- this is this is absolutely right. We, we need to do something. You know, if, if you're going to do something, you would have done yeah, already. Just go lie down outside their house. Not too close <laughs> to their house so you get arrested, right? Just go lie down inconveniently close to their house, but on public land. Well, my, my point is, is this. Something like the plastic issue, which has galvanized the, both the public and governments over the last year, 18 months, yeah. was because of planet Earth, or perhaps it was Blue Planet, which showed the image of a dolphin with a you know a traffic cone on its nose and a, a necklace of plastic because there's so much plastic in the ocean and now governments everything's are, dying because there's so much plastic. Right, well, exactly, and and people have seen these images and been like, you know what? Yes, this is terrible. We need to do something. Mm-hmm. What I think Extinction Rebellion are missing is they don't have the public support. They're just annoying people. Like, if I saw that at Kelvin Grove, I'd just be annoyed. I'd be like, guys, get up. You look like you're doing that scene from The Nice Guys. Oh, yeah, that, where yeah. You're all, where you're all pretending to be dead. It was pretty similar. It is. It was so similar. But they got spontaneous applause when they stood back up, Colin. <laughs> so, like, it was effective. It wasn't all their parents clapping for them or anything. And let, let me be the first to say I am 100% behind what Extinction Rebellion are aiming to yeah, achieve. Yeah, I've never caused I a mass just, extinction. I disagree with their methods. I just think they're... They're missing the point. What would you do, Colin? I don't know what I would do, but I wouldn't do this. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, little people like guys and little people like the whatever few hundred people that lay down on the ground. We can't really do a lot. We can try and talk to people about it, influence them, raise awareness. You know, it's up to the rich people to make a difference. It's up to the big corporations to make a difference. All we need is like a few big names to take interest actively and publicly. And things start making change like, like Leonardo DiCaprio does a great job of it. He's always talking about this stuff, and people actually listen to him sometimes, and it's great. That's true. I mean, even like terrible people, like like Little Dicky, can try and do good things. And he made a dumb music video about it, and it was really bad, thought, but it made fair, the kids thought, care about it. <laughs> I thought the music video was okay. I thought it was awful, and like he's an awful really? person. But oh man, um, but I, he I did it, it right. and the kids care about it now because there was some like monkeys' butts and some 
I don't know, other references to things that were and, Le- and Leonardo DiCaprio was in it. And Leo was in it. And because he cares a lot about it and everybody knows he's maybe the biggest name he does. Side note, why don't you like Lil Dicky? Oh, because uh, he did a song with, whatchamacallum? Chris it, Brown. No, no. Yeah, Chris Brown. Yeah. <laughs> after yeah, you're right. after the fact. And he was just like, the whole song was like talking about how he like Chris, not the whole song, but some of the song was talking about how like, hey, Chris Brown's the victim here and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, in fact, uh, that's a good point. And like celebrating like Chris Brown can do it every once. And it's like, uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Anyone who works with Chris Brown is a bad person. <laughs> Moving on. Feel free to disagree at Fair Jame. Yeah. Direct your ire. Like like my Twitter. Go on, Chris Brown fans, I dare you. Okay, let's talk about uh, the local elections very briefly because uh, we we may lose listeners falling asleep. In England and Wales. Now, this is the main headline is this. The Tories have lost 1,000 councillors. Uh, maybe they were in a park somewhere. And, uh, <laughs> it's a real, sorry, it's a real was, fun concept. Would, <laughs> they were just, they were all marching somewhere and it was, you know, they, they got, they got tailed off. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Labour have also lost, uh, uh, several hundreds of their own members. But not as um, many. That's what's important. Not as many, but they have, People they have, just uh, like the Tories more. Yeah. And the Lib Dems, Greens and Independents have made, have made gains. So this is to do with like, Town councils, county councils, so uh, yet to get to the big MPs yeah. to see the, how the UK government will change. But James, is this, how big is this, really? It's a pretty big indicator of the current mood of the nation. Right, so you can take a poll of a thousand people and get an accurate representation of the entire UK's opinion on a thing, right? So this could be considered a poll of a lot more than a thousand people. So it's a pretty accurate depiction of the current state. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe now that there's literal evidence for it, Labour and the Conservatives will realise that they're doing everything wrong and they need to make a change. Well, there's... Yeah. Let's hope so, anyway. <laughs> Let's hope so. Okay. Meanwhile, like, random famous people are quitting Labour and Tory MPs are crying <laughs> and it's just all drama, drama, drama. But, like, get over it. Those two parties suck. Do something new. Okay, let's let's uh, move on. That's, that's enough about that. Castor Semenya, who is the South Africa, this is really changing the topic. Castor Semenya, who is the South African 800 meter runner, has lost her case against athletics governing body. Now, Castor Semenya is the runner who has elevated testosterone levels. Yeah, she's she's really well built. Yeah, and she has been absolutely obliterating the competition yeah. for years. She was doing so well that everyone thought she was a, a man, right? Yeah, That's, that was the and- first I heard about it. So the IAAF told Castor Semenya, sorry, you can only compete if you take testosterone blockers so that you're at sort of a fair level with the rest of the women. Yeah. And she appealed to the Court of Arbitration for Sport and they also rejected her appeal. And I mean, they took three months to come to that decision. So clearly they had uh, lots of late night chats about it. But uh, yeah, so so that means the 28-year-old is lost. And if she's going to keep on running she has to now take medication. James... Which is just dumb. Where, is it, where do you stand with this? Because this is a difficult a difficult one. Well, like, sometimes people come along and they dominate a sport for the duration of their life. Yep. Sometimes it's through a lot of hard work and exclusively that. And sometimes it's through a lot of hard work and also being tall. And sometimes it's through a lot of hard work and also being strong. You know, like some things that are more biological and can't be just gained. Yeah. I don't think many of those ever get banned from a sport because they were good for a while. Yes. So the argument is 
You know, why wasn't Michael Phelps banned for being an absolute superhuman freak of nature? Why wasn't yeah, right. Usain Bolt banned for having his, his two long legs? Yeah, well, most runners have two long legs. Okay, okay legs I mean, that were too like long. Olympics, I'm very sorry. I guess. <laughs> legs that were too long. Exactly. And it's just dumb. Like someone else has come along and granted their their genetics have led to them having higher testosterone levels, which helps them have muscles that are better designed for this, this particular event. They had to recognize that. They had to practice for it. They had to get good at it anyway. They've worked hard to get good at this event. And now that they're winning a lot, and that's fair because they are just designed to win a lot, they're getting banned out. And it's just dumb. You don't redefine sports because someone's winning. So it means. I guess they're trying to make money, right? You redesign a sport to, to make it more competitive so more people care about it's, it. So more yeah, people watch. It's, it's more competitive, yeah. It's not so that the silver medalists can win and we're doing a favor for all the silver medalists out there. It's because the governing body wants more people to be interested in the sport. Like when basketball changed the. Um, added the three point rule and stuff like that. It just seem, it seems unfair. I don't care if she wins everything for her entire life. Right, she's worked hard, and granted, she's got the biology to make it easier to work hard. But you know what? She can win these things. You know, if we ever host an athletics event, Colin, I'm not going to abide by that rule. They're going to have she can come uh, run in my 800 meters. They're going to have to have a real shortage of people to host if they're coming to to us. To be honest, nah, we're going to do it. <laughs> okay. We're just going to host one event. It's just the 800 females 800 meter race. Okay, where, where's this happening? It's just on a street somewhere. It'll be also an act of protest. It'll be to protest climate change as well. We'll block a street <laughs> and run an 800 meter race to raise awareness for climate change and also athletes who are being discriminated against for their biological traits. <laughs> Sounds great. Okay, before we finish up with some reviews and other TV and film news, let's talk lastly in terms of politics about the Defence Secretary, Gavin Williamson. The former defense secretary. Absolutely, because he got sacked this week. Yeah, dongus. For leaking information about Chinese telecom giant Huawei, who apparently were were trying to get some inside info about you know <laughs> increasing their network in the UK. And the defense secretary went and leaked all this information to the press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, first of all, he has denied doing this, but he's been sacked, and that and that's apparently the matter closed. The UK government uh, say nope, it's been dealt with. Yeah, it's definitive. Well, you did it. What, so you're right. What do you think about this? Well, you know what? Right now, uh, Huawei are not really that popular globally. They may or may not be spying on everyone with all their hardware <laughs> and all their software. Yeah, and they've got uh, the, two big uh, court cases happening in the States and Canada at the moment. Yeah, and the UK government, just having no morals whatsoever, invites them to develop our phone network. Which, you know, a company that is currently under investigation for spying on people, developing the UK's phone network, sounds completely safe. <laughs> to them. <laughs> so I reckon that if Mr. Williamson has gone and got himself fired to try and release this information so that we know what we're getting into, good, 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 good on him. I'm proud. Right. Okay. I don't think that was his motive. It probably wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think his motive, and he reportedly has a, a reputation or had a reputation for doing this anyway. Right. But uh, just, just essentially to further his own career by leaking the information in the hope that, I don't know, eventually he gets a promotion or... <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that would help his career. I don't, well, I don't, exactly. I mean, I don't think he's Was doing he this... Was he hoping that, like, there would be such public backlash against it that everybody else would have to quit the party and he'd be the only one left? I, I don't know, although he's he told Sky News that he'd, he swore on his children's lives that he was not responsible for the leak. Whoa! So, that's a deep, deep one. He better be telling Absolutely. the truth there. 
It was Theresa May all along, everyone. <laughs> like, if it turns out he is, then what does that mean for his children? <laughs> He's going to have to sacrifice them. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, and uh, he's also said that he was the victim of a vendetta and a kangaroo court. And um, Theresa May uh, said that she had lost confidence in him. Right. Well, sorry, mate. Whether or not you made the move, you've gone gone down being fired. Okay. Right, James, let's talk about what you've been watching (laughs) this week, because that's that's Uh, about as much as we can say about that. What have you been watching this week? Just a few episodes of like a couple of anime. I've watched a wee bit of Archer and it's pretty good, even though it's still okay. a bit like a bit strange. It's off. It's off the usual genre, which is fine. Um, right. I, I'm enjoying everything I'm watching right now, but there's nothing to report as I haven't finished any series. Okay. Well, likewise, I haven't finished anything, but may I just make a comment about The Punisher? Exactly one comment. <laughs> okay. You said it yourself. Well, let me let me set the scene a little bit. I started watching season two of the punisher in january right and so you watched one episode in, mind, in january <laughs> bear in mind that this show is a 13 episode season yeah so you're done by now surely i've just finished episode six right so right. one this, per month here here we go the show is so slow painfully slow and i'm just I'm just not interested in it. If I was interested, I would have finished it by now. Yeah. I'm finishing it just because I feel like, well, I mean, I'm a huge fan of John Berenthal, who plays the Punisher, but also as much as he's meant to be this kind of anti-hero, almost a villain, they're giving him far too much sympathy. Like if you're going to play or if you're going to write this character to be this anti-hero who kills people just indiscriminately, then at least have him do that you know there's at least two times in the most recent episode in which he says you know he's about to execute someone and then you know a girl walks in or like was well, his sidekick who's a teenage girl i mean it's, it's a long story but she walks it's in and then, son- and then suddenly he, he decides not to do it and the second time his victim says oh yeah just just don't shoot me in the face because i don't want my my little girl to see that and then suddenly he says oh okay fine i'm not gonna shoot you and he walks away he doesn't even shoot him doesn't, at all. He doesn't even shoot him at all. The guy was happy with his death. He just didn't want the face to get shot. Punisher, it's, you gotta follow through. If you're gonna call a show the Punisher, at least like show him doing punishing things. The, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. Just, they're, like, they're, they're just gonna start calling him like he who forgives. <laughs> <laughs> but I only mean, if girls are around. That's his new superhero name. <laughs> he who forgives, but only if girls are around. Forgiveness, man. So long as there's a girl in the room. <laughs> if only a girl is mentioned. Even obliquely by the victim you're about to shoot. I so, know, like, when does that line ever work in TV? No, I've got kids. I've got a daughter. Stop. But it worked on the Punisher. And also, I, I completely I just slipped my mind. And thanks for reminding me there. I also watched Reservoir Dogs. How did I remind for you? For the very first time, because there's a line in that film in which one of the a, a police officers tied up says, "Don't shoot me. I've got kids." Oh, yeah. And, and the line actually doesn't work. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, so Reservoir Dogs, if you, if you are new to this, is Quentin Tarantino's first film from, I want to say... The 1990- first big one, right? No, it's his very first film, 1994. I did, like, some dumb little thing before that. Nope. So I read up on this because I looked at the cast. It's a big cast in terms of, you know, yeah. huge names. Michael Madsen, uh, Steve Buscemi, Tim Roth. Yeah. And... The dude who's, who sells insurance in on UK TV these days. What's his name? <laughs> I can't remember his name. Good to say. Anyway, that dude. And uh, yeah, so Tarantino was basically working in a video store, had written a script, 
and then give it to his pal, who gave it to his pal, who gave it to somebody's wife, who then was like, hey, this this script is awesome. And then they found this big producer who was like, wow, I really want to make this film. And they and they shot the film. And Tarantino is also in it. Yeah. Because, of course, of course he is. Yeah, he's always in it. So I thought this film was excellent. It is excellent. And I guess I was perhaps unaware of the you know in the film it's it's got a lot of swearing uh-huh by by 90 standards it's pretty violent yeah but by, by today's it's like oh, oh he got shot oh, oh great yeah it's like a pg it's even a kids film even the scene in which the scene in which a police officer gets his ear cut off which is shown off camera right, it's yeah. off camera yeah 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 even that uh-huh. at the time you know was was apparently so explicit that they some cinemas decided not to show it wow how times have changed. Oh, exactly. So All since I was born. So, <laughs> these two things are linked, I'm sure. Yes. So, yeah, there's a lot... For when the, the, the time at which the film was released, which when you watch it in 2019, you're missing. But even as a standalone movie, uh, it's got all the hallmarks of classic Tarantino. It is very good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it is very good. Highly recommend it to anyone who is not a child. <laughs> yes, absolutely. James, uh, before we get to some news, shall we also talk very vaguely about oh. the latest Game of Thrones episode? Yeah, so-called darkest episode of TV in all of history. <laughs> Literally. Quite, yeah, that, yeah. So for anyone who... In, in no way was that a metaphor. Again, for those of you who either are Game of Thrones aficionados or are yet to watch the show, um, basically what happened in this episode was it's a big climactic battle. The it's humans. what they've been building up to for eight, seven for eight and a half seasons. seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For seven and a half seasons. They've been building yeah. up to this big fight. Here's the big moment, everyone. The long night has arrived. Yep, it's finally here. And, James, I'd wager about a third of the episode I was unable to make out what was happening. Yep. Because... But, it, Colin, they wanted us to feel claustrophobic was, and confused. <laughs> they didn't want us to understand the, the, the plot or the story or who was in danger and who wasn't in danger. Right. It was by design, Colin. They, <laughs> everything was really clever. Too clever for us dumb audiences. This was the episode, you're right, the culmination of everything... But it was also so dark that and boring and boring. It's the longest. It's the longest battle sequence in history of film and film and TV. Yeah, and also the dumbest battle sequence in history. Like the battle plan was dumb. <laughs> when we saw the table last week on episode two, yeah, it was like the battle plan looks a bit shaky. But no one really spoke about it because we're like, but the show has had decent battles in the history. It's been uh-huh. going downhill. But like back when it was like the Blackwater, that was a great battle. Yeah, absolutely great. And like the the, the hard home stuff was brilliant. And then the Battle of the Bastards, well, we won't talk about that one. Um, that was okay. But the, and everyone's like, but maybe the battle plan's just like it's, it's going to be actually okay. But no, it sucked. The battle plan was so dumb. I I know better battle plans <laughs> by playing Rome Total War. <laughs> Let's focus on the just the aesthetic before we move on. The cinematographer, who I want to call, I want to say Fabian Wagner, has come out and said, nope, <sighs> the episode was not too dark and people just don't know how to tune their TVs. That's an actual yeah, quote yeah, from yeah. the cinematographer. Yeah, what he, what he did is he filmed a thing like it was going to be projected onto a giant screen in a dark cinema when he forgot that most of the audience that watches shows like this these days are watching it on their small screen, streaming it from the internet, where yep. it is bit crunched and you lose all of your blacks. They all get compressed into one little black. So when everything's black, <laughs> it's just like a puddle. 
Like you got to film it for your audience. This guy's not smart if he's saying that you know we filmed it this way. You've got to watch it on your TVs with in a dark room with the settings right. Not you're just an idiot and you're bad at your job. You can't film a thing for your audience. I'm, I'm sure, Mister Cinematographer, your footage looked beautiful in your dark editing suite with your state of the art editing nice equipment. Screens, yeah, and before it had been compressed. Exactly, but then when it gets compressed and then compressed again and then people stream it. It's going to look horrendous. It looked so bad. Which like is there what was it did. one it or did two well lit scenes when there was a fire really nearby. That was really handy of them. Yeah, thank you, thank you, the lighting department. Two dragons. <laughs> well, three, I suppose. Oh, I, I no, we can. We I would talk about this episode for an hour. Yeah, let's, and I'd still not be done. Let's leave it there. We we may have. We'll a, come back to it. Probably a, a spin off of that. Absolutely. Okay, James, uh, before we wrap up, let's just briefly talk about Endgame. Now, this, of course, is the final Avengers film, which we saw. And if you want to hear our review of it, then check out last week's episode. But this is the news... Towards the end of the episode. Yeah, from like 43 minutes on. Uh, This is the news that Endgame has smashed several box office records. In its opening weekend, worldwide, it made $1.2 billion. That's a lot of money. Which is... uh, a ridiculous amount of money and almost twice as much as Infinity War made in his first weekend. Mm-hmm. You know what stat I want for films these days is box office revenue, but divided by the total number of A-list cast members that you've got. I also read about uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s payday. All right, in that because he's you know he's the cornerstone of the the, the franchise. He started yeah, yeah. the whole thing. He was this this arc. He's set to make a hundred million just hey. off just just for the film. Well done. Just hope he spends it well and you know saves the world with it. I'm sure he will. Uh, okay, let's let's move on. What else are we going to talk about? Star Trek. Now we mentioned Quentin Tarantino a minute ago. Uh, yeah. He and we talked about this story a while ago, and then it suddenly went all quiet, and it didn't look like it was going to happen at all. But now he's doing some pre-interviews for his new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he says he's now going to work on these on this R-rated Star Trek once again. Yeah. My question, James, is: Do we even need? an R-rated Star Trek. We do. Yes. What we need for all established cinematic experiences, right? Anything that's an established story, any established character is something that feels different. We need Finding Nemo that feels different. Put him (laughs) on the land next time. (laughs) Okay. Um, So... We can call it Frying Nemo. (laughs) Frying... Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was bad. I'm sorry. Anyway, no, what we need for all films ever, because they're all boring now, is to have them be different. DC are doing it. Marvel might do it. You know, if the Star Trek folks want to do it, get in Tarantino to make your film. We'll make it feel different. P- just make original things, please, everyone. And this is a nice idea, and I hope it takes off. Okay, and let's finish up with the news that uh, the actor who played Chewbacca, Peter Mayhew, uh, died yeah. this week, aged 74. Yeah. He's he's been unwell for a fair long while. He worked he worked real hard to like not be in a wheelchair for episode seven. Yeah, that must have hurt as well if you're in that much pain. Genuinely, probably one of the like most genuine. Oh man, genuine twice in a sentence. I'm I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> one of the nicest actors in the in in the in the business. He certainly came across like that in any yeah, interview. He had I saw such a good reputation. Well, no, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna let you know, Colin. I this is the first celebrity death in ages that I shed a tear over. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because I read it on Reddit. You know, I'm just proud of course. And then I remembered that Peter Mayhew is often on Reddit, or what is often on Reddit. Oh just man! Randomly commenting here and there, so I clicked through to his profile and just read all his comments and had a wee tear. That's really sad. 
such a nice guy. Yeah. Come on. So it's a shame. And then they, like, if they don't give him like some for some tribute as they did for Carrie Fisher, it would be a shame too. And uh, I, I did say there was one more piece of news. Did you see Sony, I'm using my air quotes again, leaked a trailer for Men in Black International, but without they, they any... Didn't, they didn't leak it. They released it. But without any music on it. Yeah, they accidentally, that's me in quotes this time, released the trailer. <laughs> but they, instead of releasing the like final 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 version they released the final final version where they hadn't put the music in yet i, d- I don't get, why tell me well, why they learned their lessons from the, mu- the mummy the terrible mummy film the recent one yep we're in they that film accidentally maybe released a trailer without music and with really bad audio <laughs> and it became this huge thing on the internet everybody saw the trailer and then this film comes out and they're like the film's probably pretty bad no one really cares about men in black how do we get everyone to watch our trailer let's just not put the music on it and then it'll become a meme it'll become a meme we everybody loves memes this is like some 70 year old sony exec right okay he's totally understands the kids <laughs> so they released it and it did it kind of became half of a meme and people are, are, um, watched it and laughed at it and it's a real dumb looking trailer except the first half the first half isn't really dumb looking at all and you know maybe it was an accident but most of the internet pretty much has agreed that it was not. And this is a marketing ploy. And everything is a marketing ploy. Do you think we should uh, release an episode where we just have one half of the audio? Preferably yours. I think we should release an episode where we have just one half of the audio, but we only actually have that person record it. <laughs> so it's all ad-lib. <laughs> and then the listener can essentially fill in the blanks. The listener can try and be person number two. Exactly. That's interactive yeah. podcasting right there. Let's do one episode each. <laughs> Spin-off show. It's just called, mine will be called Sea Parade and your yours will be called Saw Parade. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Or mine can be called Sea Aid and yours can be self called Sopper. <laughs> yep. Sign sign me up to that, James. There we go. Right, that is taking us to the end of the show. James, thank you very much uh for sticking around and, and chatting chatting to me. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm a valuable human being. <laughs> you very very much are. Right. Th- thank you, Colin, for sticking around and chatting to me also. I've I've got better things to do, but you know. Sorry, thank you. No, didn't you do I meant I meant like the other way around. Like this is the best thing I could be doing. I didn't mean I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> oh, like no, you, I could care less. It came, it came out wrong. This is the best thing I could be doing, or rather, this is the only right, thing yeah. I could be doing on my Friday night, James. Oh, well, yeah, I know it's, oh. it's sad. We can record another one if you if you want. <laughs> we'll, we'll just you know. we'll just do like a an off air one. We we don't even need to release it. We'll just chat. Let's just talk about the last Game of Thrones episode for an hour. <laughs> Let's actually do that though. I need to talk about that. Okay, episode fine, to fine. Someone. Well, if if dear listener, you have reached the end of this episode and you would like, <laughs> yeah, uh, a Game of Thrones. To be fair, I think once the end of the season comes around, we'll we'll have a, a an in depth chat about it. And we'll we'll see if people take it. Oh up. yeah, like there's loads of stuff I didn't say because I thought it would be a bit too spoilery. <laughs> Right. Well, James, anyway, we'll see you next week once I return from my week off. off. Well, I say week off, but I'm going to be working anyway, so. Have a fun week mostly off. <laughs> thank you. And uh, yeah, you too. And thank you, dear listener, for listening. We'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks, listeners. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye, Diplodocus at Calvin Grove. I don't, I don't know anymore. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Goodbye, Sonic. And hello, new Sonic. <laughs>